Carroll bringing it forward. Thompson's making the run. Carroll hangs on to it though. Still Davy Carroll. Could go all the way here. Oh, what a goal! Hello, I'm Phil Catchpole and welcome to this week's episode of Ringing the Blues, the official Wickham Wanderers podcast. On this week's show, we've got the action and reaction from both the Bristol City game in the League Cup and the League One affair against Charlton Athletic. We have a chat with BBC commentator Robin Cowan, former chairboy Danny Sender joins us too, plus we have a new fan from the Netherlands and I also have a chat with a fan who's made a wonderful Anis Blumetti shirt. But first, let's head to Mexico and get the League One results with Uri. We are ringing the blues from the city of Querétaro in Mexico because last night I attended a wedding and that's why my voice sounds so sore. Oh, so many tequilas. But here we are, ready to deliver the results for League One. Accrington Stanley nil, Exeter City nil, Bristol Rovers 1, Churusbury Town 1, Cambridge United 4, Burton Albion 3, Cheltenham Town 1, Oxford United 2, Derby County 2, Peterborough United 1, Ipswich Town 2, Pansley 2, Lincoln City 2, Fleetwood Town 2, Morecambe nil, MK Dons 4, Plymouth Argyle 2, Bolton Wanderers nil, Port Vale nil, Portsmouth 1, Sheffield Wednesday 5, Forest Green Rovers nil, Wycombe Wanderers 1, Charlton Athletic 1. Okay, so for Cherboy Spanish, now that I see that Wycombe Wanderers played against Charlton Athletic, I remember that uh, back uh, in 2018, four years ago in September, uh, I visited Ingerland and I went to the Valley Charlton Athletic Football Club Stadium for my first Wycombe Wanderers game. I think, if I don't remember bad, eh, that we lost, but uh, I enjoyed it a lot, even if I was snoring a bit in the second half because I just landed at Heathrow that same morning in a long-haul flight. So, eh, good memories. So, my first Wycombe Wanderers game, Cherboy Spanish. First, primero, game, juego. My first, mi primer. <laughs> My first Wickham Wanderers game. Mi primer juego de los Wickham Wanderers. So easy this week. Back to England and until next week. And I handle the microphone to my amigo Phil Coachpole. Adios. Cheers, Uri. Good luck with the hangover. Right, Wickham Wanderers started the week with a game against Bristol City at Adams Park in the League Cup second round. Both sides made many changes, but it was an entertaining game. Here's what happened. Good evening. Welcome to Adams Park Live on Wanderers TV and Wickham Sound with me, Phil Catchpole. Joined this evening by Wickham Wanderers striker Sam Bowes. Good evening, Sam. How are you, mate? Good evening, mate. Very well, thank you. Beautiful evening for football. It is lovely as the sun sets in the far distance. It's, um, it's a good night for football. I'd rather be out there than... Although I'm enjoying your company, mate. I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd rather be out there tonight. 
In comes the corner. Early test. Goes right away across the six yard area in the back of the net. Dickinson's claiming handball of someone. The officials seem unmoved. And I think it's a debut goal for Dylan Kaji. At the back post, the set-piece woes continue. Wicked Wanderers nil, Bristol City won. And it seems, Sam, the ball travelled a long way across the six-yard area again. Hey, it's so disappointing. Um, touched on it just as he was about to take it. We've been working on that hard over the last week. Um, a few appeals from the lads for handball, but... Yeah, it's frustrating goal to concede so early on in the game uh, from another set piece. It was nodded down by Kane Wilson and it was Dylan Kadji on the line who took it away from Tyler Dickinson and just side-footed it into the roof of the net to open the scoring here. And the Bristol City fans who've made the trip down the M4 in great voice here early on. Goal coming in the sixth minute. Mometi really turning Tanner inside out here. Gets to cross in at the back post. Go on, go on. And it's up and out, and he scores! 1-1 for the chair, boys. Mometi hung up a buffet ball. And Ali Alhamidi gobbles that one up for his first goal for Wickham Wanderers. What a moment for the youngster. Oh, I'm delighted for him. I'm delighted for him. What a ball by Anis Mometi. Um, that's the kind of ball you want to be as a striker getting on the end of. Um, and I said it just before that, mo that movement. Um, Anis getting at the fullback and he's got he's scared him for the first two or three minutes of this second half. Um, stuck a great ball into the back stick and uh, underlined for Anis, um, for Ali, sorry, underlined for Anis and Ali, but Ali's deserved his goal. He's worked hard tonight and um, yeah, it's great for him to get his first first professional goal from, right? Good play by King. Conway onto the outside and to Kane Wilson. Crosses hung up to the back post. Pandon, really good defensive header under pressure. Heads clear, but only as far as Naismith now. Semenu's on the left-hand side. Cross comes towards the back post. Oh, and it's there. The goal has come in. Wickham hesitated from the cross. And Kane Wilson volleys home. It was a decent cross to Naismith. No one came to deal with it defensively or keeper. And Kane Wilson hammers it into the top corner. Wickham 1, Bristol City 2. Yeah, frustrating because I thought we dealt with the first cross really well. Uh, Jasper got a great head on it. Um, but he just found himself up alone at the back stick. And yeah, it's not a great one to concede. I think um, he's got a volley within the six yard box there. And uh, I have to look at that back. But I think it's. Um, yeah, gutted because I thought we were really growing into the game as well. Yeah, it was on a bit of a knife edge of the game there. Wickham just switched off defensively. And they now trailed 2-1. Jacobson just outside the centre circle. On Semenyo's charged it down. And now Bristol City can kill this off. Conway's in the box. Finds Semenyo. He's onside. And it's there. Wickham 1, Bristol City 3. Gareth, uh, a spirited cup tie and a lot of experience for the youngsters and a decent game, but... A 3-1 loss. Yeah, I wanted to be through the next round. I thought we may be able to get them to penalties and late on there. You know, we've uh, we've protected a couple of players, Chris Farino, Anis Mometi, and you know, I got them off the park because uh, they're going to be needed in the squad Saturday without a doubt. Um, but some real bright sparks, you know. I thought um, Adam Leathers coming on for his, his full big debut, um, I thought was was excellent. Real bright spark for us, you know. And then uh, 
Jack Wakely stepping up definitely without a doubt. You know, Jasper Pattenden, you know, some some real good performances and Daz and Nick and, and JJ are playing various positions for me and you know can't thank him enough for that. But I thought that the goals that we conceded, I mean the first one's handball, if I'm honest, and that's that's not something I'll, I've forgotten about that now because the next two we gave them, you know, that there's there's some defending issues that we've got to we've got to get better at, and I've just told the boys, and the boys know. Um, you know, we, we talk about what teams thrive on, and and you know, you make silly mistakes, you give them something to thrive on, and they they'll take the opportunities, especially championship side. So you've got to be sure and certain of which way you want to play, and and then play that way. But you know, sometimes decisions on the pitch go go, uh, and and you live and die by those. And uh, and unfortunately, you know, we conceded a couple of goals with some some poor. Poor decisions, poor defending, but I'm going to focus on the positives. You know, I really am. I really want to look at the, is it eight or nine players under the age of 22 started the game? You know, the three on the bench that we've only just signed at 18, 19 years old. You know, this club's going places, really is. And this this infrastructure that we've got, you know, you need to be better. You need to make sure that when you're playing in games, you take your opportunity, take your chance. Um, and, and I was pleased. And Ali as well, getting a goal, you know, fantastic. Leaps unbelievably high to get that goal and uh, brilliant for Manish on the, on the left wing there. But no, we uh, we go on Saturday now against Charlton and that's uh, it's always been the focus, really. Um, no disrespect to the Carabao Cup at all because I wanted to get through the next round. Man City last year was a fantastic experience for the boys, but Nigel will take his team somewhere, I'm sure, and, uh, and they'll do a good job. But um, it's all about the league now for us. The chopping and changing the changes to give the players, the young players, those minutes as well, and uh, you know the goalkeeper defence. Is that leading to these defensive lapses? Because it must be tough. Well, they're young players, you know, they're inexperienced, you know, and and I think. But having said that, there's a couple of players who've had a lot of games under their belt with, with one or two errors there. So I'm not just going to pick on the young boys, not at all. You know, we win and lose as a club, not as a team, not as a, not as an 11 or an 18, as a 34 players and. How many thousand we're in here today? That's how we win and lose. We feel it all together, and and that's the way we do it at Wickham. Um, I just want everyone to be proud and see what we're trying to do here by bringing some of these youngsters on, and hopefully later on in the season in the league, the likes of Jack Wakeley and, and Jasper and people like that, you know, coming through, may get their chance, and these games will have played a huge part in their development. And you know, Ali, of course, and, and people like that. So, um, no, really pleased. Disappointed with the result, disappointed with a couple of the goals because I thought we, we matched them at times and we, we, we looked good. But you know, they're bringing on Semenyo and, and Scott and, and you know, Scott and Chris Martin against Jack Wakeley. It's, it's sort of a mismatch on experience times, but I, I thought we held our own at times and that was really, really nice to see. We had Sam Vokes with us on commentary this evening on Wanderers TV and he was absolutely delighted for Ali Alhamdi because to score your first goal in senior football, it's a huge milestone. Oh, in front of the terrace as well, you know, I know, uh, I know that's where he'd want to do it. Uh, he, had a, he had a chance first half with a shot and I said to him, you got to hit the target, he's certainly hit the target on that one. Uh, he's got a lot to learn, Al. he really has, you know, he's a real, he's a real amazing story, his life, you know, where he's, and how he's ended up here and uh, we want to get the best out of Ali and, and I believe in him, which is really important. He's got all the attributes to be a fantastic player. It's just getting them all together now and, uh, and we'll work hard on that. Ali, uh, uh, Wickham lost in the cup tonight, but let's talk about your goal first of all, because first senior goal, first goal for Wickham Wanderers in front of the terrace, a great moment for you personally. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously disappointing with, with the result, but um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't there over the moon. I think it's just something I've been working you know, for for a while now. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to enjoy that. 
to talk, today. Yeah. Talk us through the goal because there was a lot of fine work on the left-hand side. Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously, everyone's seen Anas do that, you know, hundreds of times now. Um, and, yeah, I know he's good on his left, so I just hung around the back and just, yeah, his delivery was on point and, and I was at the right place. We had Sam Vokes on commentary. He said that you were almost above the crossbar. You really jumped <laughs> so high for it. Yeah. No-one else was getting that ball. Yeah, well, obviously, Vokes is the master of heading, isn't he? Um, but, no, to be fair, like, I've been working with Vokes a lot, to be fair, since I've been at Wickham. I mean, like, it's just, I've said this, it's a privilege to be working with someone of this calibre because you learn things that you maybe wouldn't learn at a youth level or, you know, someone's been in the Prem and, and champ and been there and done it. So, um, you know, I've been working on, like, time and the headers and even just off the ball, like, not away from the goal, just in terms of the hold-up and stuff. He's been teaching me a lot about that. Um, so, yeah, it's just been nice to see it come out today. It's a good point about the development squad because you're all in it together. You're all train together, you hang out together at the training ground, you eat together, it's yeah. these conversation times. That's a vital part, isn't it, of, yeah. of, of developing? Yeah, I think that's like one of the things this club does really well, is just bridging the gap between the youth players and no one really feels left out, like all the older boys mingle with the younger players and the, all of them are just like fantastic with, with the, you know, the always there when we need a chat or just advice about anything. Um, and again, like I said, having someone in, in my position who who's just unbelievable at what he does can, can only help me. And how does it feel? Because you've had to be patient for your chance. You had a loan spell as well to get minutes, which was really good. But now you've got these opportunities now. He played off the bench in the league on Saturday, started tonight and got your goal. How does it feel now to have these opportunities? Yeah, I mean, you can only really control what, what you can control in football. And there's a lot of highs and lows, as, as everyone in football knows. Um, so I think it's just part about staying level-headed when the lows and, and then when the highs, just enjoy them because we have so much you know, going on all the time, training, bad results or, or you know, stuff like that. So it's just when the, when the high moments come, you do need to enjoy them. Um, and personally, yeah, it's been a, been a bit of a journey to finally get to my first goal, but um, I'll hopefully kick on from here now. And uh, in front of the terrace as well, lovely stuff. Yeah, well, Chris nearly broke me Achilles trying to <laughs> hang on me back. Um, but yeah, no, nah, it, it was a good moment and like hopefully it's just the first of many because as a striker, there's, there's no other feeling like scoring at all, and I'm just hungry, hungry for more. And some of your teammates as well from the development squad getting minutes and debuts as well tonight. Yeah. A big night for those guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm just chuffed for them, especially Adam Levers has had a tough, tough few months out with, with uh, personal reasons, and Arnold coming on, um, and everyone. Jasper's only joined us this year. Jack, Chris, obviously he's a, he's a established player now in the first team, so. Again, it gives us hope for the, for the boys coming up now, especially the new guys signing to show that there's a pathway there for them. Um, and it's not, it's not easy, don't get me wrong, because it's, it's a tough league now, especially in League One. We've got you know, like 10, 11 teams you can get promoted, so it's not easy. But um, yeah, when, when the games come like this, you've got to show your stamp and, and show the gap what you've got. But Anis Vermetti, Chris Farina have shown the way, haven't they? Because you know, regulars now in that first team. Is that the goal now? Yeah, definitely. For me, it's just about being consistent. Um, nice to get my first goal, but again, it's, it's about just showing it on a consistent basis. I know there's, there's still a bit of work to be done, but um, if I keep just doing what I can on the pitch when I get the opportunity, hopefully that'll just take care of itself. It is hemp and it is deep.
Williamson to bring it home. The voice of BBC commentator Robin Cowan there describing the wonderful scenes at Wembley with the Lionesses beating Germany to win the Euros. Well, Robin was at Adams Park this week to cover the Bristol City game for Five Live. So I had a chat with her about that dream commentary moment. What a privilege it was, yeah. I mean, I thought they'd do well, but bloody won against Germany at Wembley. <laughs> An England team. I still can't believe it happened. Uh, no, it was fantastic and... It just felt like from the first game all the way up, it was building and building and building. You could tell everyone was getting really into it. I mean, it's you don't want it to be, you have to be successful for people to take notice, but obviously it really helps. <laughs> and, they, and they smashed it. So yeah, it was, it was a privilege to be to follow them. They're a great team. It must have been like riding a wave. What was it like being in the, in the eye of the storm almost, the middle of it all? It, it was great. I mean... <sighs> It's a tricky one because, you, you, as you know, Phil, like being a being commentator, you're kind of you've got a slight distance really from it, haven't you? Like literally, and also sort of in your head, you've got a job to do, haven't you? So you don't want to go too mad, and uh, and you don't want to get too sort of um, I don't know involved, sort of. I mean, it was, it was incredibly exciting, obviously, absolutely buzzing. Going home, you can't, couldn't sleep, you know, for hours, days even sometimes. Um, yeah, as I, it was just an, an amazing feeling to commentate on really excellent football, tournament football, you know, iconic goals, goals that you just don't see every day, you know, that Alessio Russo back heel is going to be talked about forever. Um so yeah, it was it was just just incredible. It felt it felt proper, you know, proper tournament. Everyone cared about whether it was England or not. You know, people were watching other teams as well. Um, so yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's hard to put into words. <laughs> and you've been doing this for a long time, coming up through local radio, working your way up as well. You've described these iconic goals quite literally. Your voice will be on these forever. How does that feel? Oh, it, it's, it feels weird. I just feel sorry for my family because they have to listen to me, you know, normally. And like, it's died down a bit now. But obviously, in the days after, it was just on the on the radio, on the telly. So I just feel sorry for them having to listen to it. But no, I mean. It's just I feel very fortunate that I kind of started commentary when the Women's Super League had just started and the BBC was getting involved in that and it was just online, so basically only my parents were listening so you can make all your mistakes and, you know, it was very low pressure. So I feel very fortunate that I was ba I basically have ridden that wave with the women's game up to where it is now. So it's just great that, you know, broadcasters are really taking notice and also you know local broadcasters i know some of them have followed you know their wsl teams are even lower than that for years now but now suddenly everyone's very interested you know i know season tickets have gone you know gone through the roof sales of all of all steps so um it's just i mean and that's really the most important thing great to win obviously incredible but the legacy that's going to leave is going to be immeasurable really yeah it creates heroes here at wickham wanderers the wickham wanderers women's team are really going through the gears now and stepping up and that's going to be going across the country now isn't it must be very empowering to see all this going on that's it I mean I think from grassroots they were I've heard um, people from all over the country saying oh they were going to set up a, a girls team and they've had to set up three and it's just it's just stuff like that you know you, you want that's what you want you want that interest and the only thing is we need to sustain it now this can't be it we need to keep going we need to keep um, sort of promoting it and making sure that it's a it's a nice 
a family product because that's definitely it's a USP I feel the women's game I know a lot was made of it maybe some people are bored of that but you got the atmosphere this was the best thing you got the atmosphere you got the noise but there was no edge to it at all like you sometimes get in the men's game it was just just joy and that's why it was so special and I think you get that at all levels but also I mean, you've been commentating the match today now Jackie Oatley it was a long time ago now he made the, the first commentary as well but you know, it's, you know for young girls listening they know that there's a room in the press box for them now as well absolutely yeah I mean and I, I used to go into um, press rooms and count how many women there were and it used to be maybe me and maybe one other and now you I mean you must see it yourself mm. there's so many other photographers or broadcasters or written press there's so many more women now and again we just need to keep going we need to keep um, you know showing women that there is a job in football what, whatever they fancy and it's there for them I didn't think I mean I didn't dream of being commentator I didn't think it would be possible obviously I knew of Jackie Oatley but she was the only one and also we all saw kind of you know how she was treated and all that so it's just yeah as I say it's kind of it's great to be able to be a role model if that's what it is if someone really wants to be and they've seen me do it that's fantastic but we need to keep going because the more the better because you want to kind of spread the the joy and the flack <laughs> obviously not the, I mean every commentator gets flack no matter what happens as you know I'm sure <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter who you are but uh, but yeah I think it's just making it more normalised because for so long people just didn't hear women's voices on football in particular um, I think on other sports they kind of did hear them you know tennis you get athletics um even cricket you got the brilliant Alison Mitchell kind of a regular voice whereas now I think as long as you hear it's as many as possible people will stop going oh that's weird to hear that sort of voice so so yeah no it's all going in the right direction but as I say you need to keep the hammer down keep it keep our foot on the gas and keep going and just going back to the final you'd have woken up in the morning of the final thinking well England might win today and I'm going to describe this this is a question I often get is like do you work out what you're going to say before for that game, I probably prepared more than usual. Um, I spoke to a few people like Guy Mowbray about, you know, because you, you, I, I forgot until like the day before, oh, I have to do a trophy lift. <laughs> I forgot about that. How do I do that? Um, so you kind of have in your mind and scribble down a few notes about if they win, if they win. Um, you want it to be organic, of course, don't you? But... You kind of think, and I just thought towards the end of extra time when England were winning, I just wrote a few, wrote a few things down. Um, so yeah, I had a few things prepared, but obviously I just wanted to see what would come out. <laughs> you know, co-commentator Rachel Brown finished. She was gone. There was tears. She, you know, they were playing. It's coming home. You know, everyone wanted to get their shirt off like Chloe Kelly. It was just, you know, I don't. I actually don't remember what I said really um, after after the kind of full time whistle, but. Yeah, I think it's it's a mixture, isn't it? You kind of you have in your head sort of what you might say with a with a kind of big win, but then you don't want to you don't want to script too much, do you? You don't want to sound like you're reading something. So, so yeah, you're gonna get that balance. Well, it's a great moment for the country, and I, as I know you, I was at home rooting for you, going, "Oh, amazing!" I said you <laughs> absolutely nailed it. So fantastic. Oh, thanks so much for your time, Phil. We appreciate it. 
It's a fantastic time for women's football and you can get involved here at Wickham Wanderers as well. Wickham Wanderers women's kicking off their season very soon at Burnham FC. Check out the Wickham Wanderers website for more information. Right then, the worldwide Wickham phenomenon. Every week we find someone new and this week it was Hugo who's come over from the Netherlands for his first Wickham Wanderers game having followed us now for a couple of years from afar. I caught up with him before the game in the Chairboys Village. Uh, Hugo, where, whereabouts are you from? In the, in the, is it the Netherlands or Holland? Let's get this right. Uh, for you guys, it could be Holland. For us, we'd say the Netherlands. Okay, we'll go with the Netherlands as it's, you know. <laughs> Holland's just uh, the area around Amsterdam a little bit a little bit bigger. Well, you know, we like to educate on Ringing the Blues. So, welcome to Adams Park. Your first game in the flesh supporting Wickham. I've been I've been following you guys since you guys went up to the to the championship uh, and was it last year something two years ago last year Sunderland playoffs which was a bit unlucky um, and I want to I was in the area I'm actually traveling around the UK with my sister and I wanted to uh, come and visit you guys so I was here yesterday uh, buying a shirt buying a ticket from Ben I think it's Ben Ben Griffiths yeah. guy ticket encounter and uh, he said come along and people might want to talk to you and well, I heard I wasn't the, I'm, I heard I, I am not the only Dutch fan here no we got several fans all over the place several in in the, in the Netherlands looking great in the shirt as well uh, how's it feel to be here because if you've been following the games from afar is it how you imagined well, I don't really like the massive crowds when you go to big stadiums. I'm a bit disappointed in my own club as well from The Hague. We've got, we got some issues over there. Google, Google it and you'll know all about it. But, you know, so it's, it's good being in a place without, you know, uh, without uh, violence and uh, people and uh, rivalry between fans. You know, everybody's just wandering around and uh, enjoying their day. It's, uh, it's, it's very calming and relaxing. Uh, well, game time will be a little bit... It'll be, the heat will rise at game time. What do you think is going to happen today? Uh, you know, I'm always, you know, Dutch people have always been neutral, you know, if you're back in time. But I'll, I'll let that go for a minute. I'll say 2-1. OK, I'm a big fan of the Dutch accent. I know he's not playing today, but I really want you to say Sam Vokes for me. Sam Vokes. Lovely. <laughs> what, a, what an accent you guys have got. Brilliant. Well, it's great to meet you here at Adams Park and uh, make sure you come and visit us again soon. I, I will. And if you guys go up in the, in the championship again, I might even get a season ticket. Great to meet Hugo and hopefully the boys could deliver and Hugo can get himself a season ticket in the championship in the very near future. Right, to get up to the top of the table, Wickham would have to do well against teams like Charlton Athletic. They were the visitors at Adams Park on Saturday and here's what happened. Wickham build again with Gape. Gape down that right-hand side, finds McCleary. McCleary can have a look at Morgan now on the right wing, running towards him, little step over, drills it in low. Oh, he's there! And it's Mametti! He's in the game now, right-footed into the roof of the net. The ball was laid in on the turf by McCleary. Mametti licked his lips and smashed it past Willacott. Wickham 1, Charlton 0. Kirk's on the left-hand side. Wheeler's defending his cut back. Goes right away through. Raksaki buries it in the top of the corner. And it's 1-1. An instant reply from the Addicts. Wickham caught napping on the left-hand side. The ball went across the box. They couldn't defend it. And the youngster at this end of the pitch has put it in the roof of the net. And a perfect reply for Charlton. Wickham won, Charlton won. Free-flowing free football second half, definitely, you know, and, and both both teams could have gone for it. Uh, they didn't have a shot on our goal second half. You know, I think they had one and Alfie blocked it, I think, uh, but we didn't really lay a glove on their goal, and that, that's the story of the second half. Um, we looked like we could have got something, you know, uh, and just in that final third, we just 
gave it away too many times. They broke on us, so we got it back, and then we kept doing the same thing. And, uh, and frustrating to watch, but the boys look super fit, which is a positive. You know, there's more minutes for players um, and some younger players coming through. Ryan Taffazoli back on the bench, Sam Vaux just around the corner now, which is brilliant. So, um, a lot of positives today. And that first half, I thought we were dominant, really dominant. You know, I think that's where we should have won the game today. And probably a lesson that when you're on top like you are like that, you've got to take your chances. And uh, and the boys try, of course they try. And uh, it was just a case of of getting that final moment and that you know corners or free kicks or or whatever it was. Just you know the, these these moments we work on in training, taking that moment because first half I thought we were super, absolutely dominant. And uh, I'm sure Charlton were wondering what hit them in that, in that first half, but. Um, after, after our goal, we have to stay secure, you know, five minutes, stay solid, you, you're very vulnerable, you know, because everyone's celebrated and we're all, and, and we just switched off for that one second and uh, it's a deflection, it's gone in the top roof of the net and that happens sometimes, but we don't want to let them get that end, we want to keep them that end like we did majority of the first half and uh, I was pleased and uh, a point against Charles, historically a great result, isn't it, for, for Wickham Wanderers, but um, it's even better to think, well, we're gutted we didn't beat Charlton today and uh, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be back very soon, uh, Tuesday, Saturday, on, on winning ways. I've heard it said many times that you're never more vulnerable than when you've just scored. Why is that? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Uh, it's probably a relief feeling and uh, I think the best teams, you, you see it in the Premier League, you do. You see a goal and then you see another goal straight after and it's it's crazy. The mental side of the game is huge and, and I think it's just that, that switch off and, and that that relief that all that work, all that hard work you've scored and now you relax because you've scored and, and you can't relax. You can't relax in football, you know, and the best players and the world-class players never relax. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo's and Lionel Messi's and that, you never see them relaxing on a pitch ever, ever. And you've got to be focused and totally on it the whole time. And uh, and listen, we're all we're all guilty of it and uh, and I'm not going to pick up the boys, you know, that that's why we're not at the top of the Premier League, you know, we're working, we're working progress. I've got a fantastic squad. Really can't wait for Tuesday now because we're going to be strong and I want to go far in this competition. Um, but positives today, yeah, pleased. I thought we played really well. I know you don't like to single players out, but I want to talk about Anis Fometi because that's three goals already this season and some really good performances. Yeah, I mean, Anis is uh, he's growing, he's coming on as a player and uh, he's going to play plenty of football here and that's the big thing for Anis, you know. So, um, you know, fantastic talent. Um, but working with him all the time, every day, you know, working on finishing, working on stuff. He had some chances in training yesterday, which he, 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 he spurns. So he'll be, good, he'll, be, he'll be really pleased today that he put that one in. And, uh, you know, him and Gareth have combined really well. David Wheeler doing a shift for me with, through pain, actually, David. And that's why he came off. He, was, he ran through absolute pain and I thank him for that. But, um, you know, we, uh, we've got the cavalry coming back around the corner. Brandon, Volksy, Solikaikai, Damani, Curtis Thompson. You know, I can, I can reel these off. Ryan Tafazoli got on the bench today. So, um, you know, six big, big players there for our team. And uh, and I'm sure when we get everyone back and everyone fully fit, we can really give a, a challenge to this. Jordan Abita was ill today, you know, and that was another one that this morning I have to deal with. But, um, no, we'll be back and, uh, and we'll be back strong. And, uh, yeah, for a change, we're not going off like a train and we're, we're slowly going, I, I like this way. I'm, uh, I'm pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool with the underdog tag that Rick and Wanderers, 12th place, off the radar. Let the top eight go and fight it out. We'll sneak in there at some stage. Good stuff. Well, uh, Tuesday night is another chance for the youngsters yep. uh, in the uh, Papa John's Trophy. Uh, so it'll be uh, an opportunity for a bit of momentum now because it's a few games that they can play. Not just the youngsters, you know, Phil. Um, you know, you, your likes of Ryan Tafazoli and, and, and your Daryl Horgans. And, and you, they, they will be, they, you know, I want them to play in these games. I want them to get fitter. I want them to be ready. When they're called upon, they're, they're sharp enough to play in these games. And, uh, and they are. And, uh, and I think... 
you say Jack Grumman looks super fit at the end there. He was really running up and down Jesse McCarthy. More minutes for him, you know. Ali Hamadi, you know, and uh, he, he's coming on leaps and bounds. So, no, really pleased and uh, hopefully we can uh, we can progress on Tuesday. Uh, but next Saturday again is, is Fleetwood away. We need to put in a good performance there because uh, they'll be dangerous. Well, the away stand was absolutely packed and it's a good atmosphere at Adams Park. Those travelling Charlton fans, though, they enjoyed the equaliser. But what did they make of the game overall? Here's the opposition view. Exiled Attic. Frantic first half. Scrappy, dull second half. The point at Wickham is a decent one. But that, to me, looked like two teams who might make the playoffs <laughs> but probably won't get promoted. Milano. If we're serious about getting out of this division, we have to do better than a point at Wickham Wanderers. Fish cost a fortune. Tough, tough game. I'd quite happily never play Wickham ever again. It was good to see us pushing to win, though, and not sit back like we would in previous years. Forever addicted. Everyone looked tired as the game dragged on. Looked like two heavyweight boxers who'd exhausted themselves going for an early knockout and hadn't accounted for the later rounds of the fight. Even the subs looked tired when they came on. Hell, even I feel exhausted after watching that. It was great to see an instant response from us going down 1-0, though. Twelve months ago, we'd have lost that 1-0 and offered such little threat that Wickham could have subbed their keeper. So, it's a sign of progress. But already I worry that our inability to turn draws into wins is what will kill our season. Big week with a transfer window closing in a few days. Killer and flash. Well... That was a painful watch. A game of two halves, really. We were worryingly open in the first half and should have gone in behind. But in the second half, we tightened up and Wickham created very little at all. Clem Snide. Strange game for me. We started brightly, albeit without creating much, but were suddenly a goal down. A goal which appeared to be preventable with both centre-backs going walker back again. Thankfully, we got back into it very quickly, but then came under sustained pressure and just couldn't retain the ball as Wickham turned play over and got into our box very quickly. To be fair, we stood up to it well and didn't really look like conceding again. We were pretty much in control in the second half, but unfortunately the final ball wasn't there and we lacked that little bit of quality in the final third. Jonathan Avis. A club that get just 4,500 home fans is a tiny club and we should have won. We're going nowhere. It's tin pot how we have to defend for our lives away at such small, little clubs like Wickham. We can't be Accrington, Cambridge, <laughs> and now Wickham. Working like ants. A stressful and anxious afternoon. <laughs> and that was just avoiding the drunken oiks in the away end. We are drawing games that we should and need to win. Because we're just not clinical enough up front. Four days left for the owner to get his wallet out and finally buy us a number nine we so badly need. Mercia Al. A pretty good game for the neutral. 
The draws of fairies are on the day. We did okay, but lacked quality in the final third, with only two shots on target, despite having over 60% of the possession. I know he's getting on a bit now, but Gareth McCleary is a class act, and if he was playing for us today, I think we'd have won that game. Rachel Bridge. I'll take a point. With that ref, we could easily have lost 6-0 and been down to five men. Had Vokes been playing for Wickham, I think we'd have really struggled. Um, McCleary worked us over again. Mark Reedy. Wickham have been the best attacking side I've seen us face so far this season. Interesting comments there from the Charlton fans. After the match, I bumped into Danny Sender. He was in the press box covering the game for Charlton Live as co-coms. I thought I'd have a chat with him to see what he's up to and his thoughts on the game too. Good to see you back here at Adams Park though, Danny. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, it's my link. I'm 21 coach at Charlton, so um, the obvious connection uh, today is to come over and um, yeah, talk about the game. Uh, but doing well. Good to see you uh, back in, uh, getting involved with the coaching as well. But looking at you, mate, you could still get out there and play, can't you? I would love to play. I'd probably give you a good two minutes and then my knees would fall apart again. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make it today? I mean, the, it was one for fullbacks today, wasn't it? A lot of ground cover by both sets of fullbacks. Yeah, and I think that, that, that you could tell at the back end of the game, hot day as well. Uh, both teams started to go down at the end, didn't they? I felt Wickham probably edged it in the first half, um, pushed Cholton back. And then in the second half, I think maybe it was probably edged by Charlton, but not many chances created by both teams. Uh, to be honest, a bit of a transitional game, a bit bitty in the second half. Um, so on balance, I would probably say 1-1 was a fair result. But good to be back at Adams Park? Always good to be back, yeah. You know, I obviously play for a number of clubs, but you know, this is where my family are from, this is home. So, um, yeah, it's always, it's always good to come back, see familiar faces. I'm always to feel, made to feel welcome when I come home. So, yeah, it is, and it's slightly different when I come, come back with, uh, with, with my new club. So. Many happy memories here at Adams Park. Any highlights that you can uh, pick out for us? There's so many, isn't there? I'm, I mean, when did I join? Back in 97, 98, or something like that. But a lot of friends, I think. That's, that's the thing. I mean, there's obviously a lot of highlights on the pitch, but it's off the pitch now. They're friends for life. You know, people like Martin Lee, Steve Brown, Darren Curry, Roger Johnson, you know. Um, we're all still friends now. And I grew up with those, those guys as well. I was a boy and left here a man. I grew up with the likes of... You know, uh, the late Paul McCarthy, uh, Keith Ryan, uh, as I say, Steve Brown, Terry Evans. So real good, solid characters, which have shaped me today. So, um, yeah, a lot of history. It's a special, special place. I mean, I, you know, I don't hide that. And now you're shaping the, the careers of the youngsters as well. And talk us through your coaching career since you stopped being, being a player. Yeah, so I've been doing it now, going over 10 years now. So I, I've, when, I, when I stopped playing... It wasn't a direction I was going to go in, to be honest. It wasn't something I was thinking about. But Brentford got in contact. Um, so I went in there and I basically said, shape me. You know, forget about my career. My career was my career and it will obviously it will help me along the way. But I want to learn. Um, so I worked all the way through the age groups at Brentford. Did four and a half years there. Uh, moved on to Barnet. Worked with their 18s and 23s. And then on to the, the first team of Darren Curry. Um, and then moved on to Leighton Orient from there. Become assistant manager. Um, did that for a season and uh, now I find myself uh, at Cholton where I've, I've had experience of the 21s, experience of the 18s and, and last year did uh, probably around 22 games for the first team uh, under Johnny Jackson and this season I'm back with the uh, back with 21s. It's a great club and I'm really enjoying coaching so um, yeah, so it's a new career for me. You never know, one day you might well be back at Adams Park. 
you never know with the connections I have and the affinity I have for this place. It's not a secret. Um, it's not a secret, the passion I have for this football club. And that being said, Gaz has done an incredible job at this club alongside Dobbo and, you know, Matt is still here as well. And that's why it's nice to come back because to see the club pushing where we are at the right end of the division. OK, we started a little slow this season. Might be a little bit of a hangover from, from the, uh, the playoff final. Maybe injuries thrown in there as well. But what Gaz has done, he's got a real spirit and a culture about the club now. And um, we're not, no longer Little Wickham anymore. We are Wickham that competes at the top end of this division. So it's really good to see. Well, Danny, it's great to see you here at Adams Park. And you're always welcome. Thank you. I will be back. I spend a lot of my time talking about shirts these days, but ahead of the Bristol City game, I met Wickham fan Lucas and his fabulous Alex Rometty shirts. Uh, Lucas, we're at Adams Park, ahead of the Bristol City game. You are wearing a shirt that is a beautiful Hawaiian shirt in Wickham Wanderers colours, but with many faces of Alex Rometty. Tell me about this shirt. How did it happen? To be honest, he messaged me randomly, my friend Edwin, he said, oh, tell me your favourite person. It was straight off the Burton game. So Mometi had a brilliant game. So I, I said, Anis Mometi, and this is what I got as a birthday present. So, Edwin, is this you here? Yeah. Are you the mate, so you made yeah. this shirt for Lucas's birthday? Yeah. yeah, I did, yeah. I was thinking of something special. I thought, it's summer, we love Wickham, why not get the star man on a white shirt? And there you go. How, how easy was this to get made? Um, pretty easy. Found the website, sent in a Mamati, and it came the next day. It was good, yeah. I reckon we could mass produce these with sell thousands. We could, we could. Exactly. They'd sell out, they would. Now look at them. Have the full stadium wearing them. Uh, Lucas, why is Mamati your favourite player? Honestly, it, to be honest, he's a young player. And at Wickham, I feel over the past like, few years, we're not too known for bringing young players through but because him Farino we got other young players coming through Mameti he's flying at the moment so I'm going to reveal your age but you're a younger fan as well is it important to see youngsters on the pitch yeah of course you know it's good to have like we don't have an academy but the B team it's good to see players coming through it certainly is Lucas and you can check out his shirt on my Twitter feed at Blunt Phil it's a beauty right that's your lot for this week many thanks to Robin Cowan Lucas Hugo from the Netherlands and you guys for listening in we'll be back next week with news of the trip to Fleetwood and we'll have the action from the Pizza Cup too come on you blues <laughs>